0: I would say to people, if you believe that you that your history started on a slave boat, I can guarantee you that's where it ended, too.
1: All the rest, notwithstanding, Roots really was about a family. And that was, it seems to me, the common denominator that made it become absolutely universal. It was a family seek, seeking its ancestry you see, everybody on earth, it doesn't matter what race, what color, what nationality, what religion, whatever, we all come from some family which has some uh, heritage, some native land, some ancestry. And I think another thing (coughs) was that in the pecking order, social pecking order, it had pretty much been that black people were viewed as somewhat well down the line in the pecking order, you know, as compared to other groups who, from Europe or whatnot. And when a book came out where a black family had been able, you know, a black person had been able to trace his family as far back as roots went, it kind of uh, challenged other peoples from other countries, other heritages, to think, you know, well, if that can be done, surely we can.
2: Welcome to Real Black Consciousness Foreign Podcast. This is Big BJ, checking it in. Today's conversation, we're going to talk about some history. We're going to talk about some history. We're going to talk about some Alice Haley, right? We're going uh, <laughs> to, you know, Big Mama say uh, all things ain't common. You know, common sense ain't common no more. You know what I'm talking about? So we just going to. We going to have a real brief conversation about alex haley because you know here on real black consciousness form podcast you know we always say that the comments is the engine and the fuel to the machine right so we don't this is no original content we don't make up anything we don't uh what the, what's the uh their franchise is it burger king or one of them guys say you know you have it your way right so in a sense you know this is not my platform this is our platform because the comments is the engine of fuel to the machine right this is again we don't base this off original thought when we have conversations typically we talk about the americas and we talk about the negroes presence in america prior to the slave trade right and we know that you know how we were taught um in public school through different forms of media, right? We're taught as American Negroes that, or many of us are taught that, all of our people, right, black folks, that's in the Americas, came from Africa, and that's that's cool. We love the Black continent, and it is what it is. We we love it, we cherish it, we learn about it. You go you got Negroes in Philly and Detroit and Chicago walking around in Kente Claus and uh dashikis you know we love africa right nevertheless though um we can run around and uh call ourselves african we could change ourselves. you know everybody can name themselves kwame and uh shante jr and uh we can walk around with these titles uh such as the uh, prince of pan-africanism and um you know the uh What's what's that? Uh, what Garvey called himself? He's he's like the self-proclaimed president of Africa. We can we can call ourselves all these titles that we want, but when it comes to the so-called African American, though, we can wear that African title, but you can't prove it. These American Negroes—they can give you that African story up and down, but they can't prove it. I don't care what kind of book they bring you. Uh, what kind of uh? They got a new test every five minutes or. You know, and I'm just being facetious, but, you know, every other year there's a new DNA test out and new genetic test out. And it's crazy, right? You know, the same people that gave you the DNA test, you know, came right back the next day and told you that humans, right, have the same DNA as a uh, as a banana. <laughs> These are the same folks, right? But, you know, maybe that's a different story for a different day. Alex Haley, though, you know when we talk about black you know black history and we just have our conversations, we just think like it's like it's common knowledge that everybody know that Alex Haley swaggered the story from a Jew you know, and when we talk about history, we always make that point because we feel as though that when it comes to media, you know that film gave the American Negro his history, right even though we know it's a fake fictitious Hollywood film. On top of that again, Alex Haley stole a story from a Jew, right? Named Harold who wrote a book called, um, his piece was called The African. Even though we know all of that, our people, the so-called African American is consumed with thinking that his, all black folks came off a of slave ship. And the reason we come up with this story is two things primarily that I mean that I could put my finger on the school system and we picked your story up from television in particular roots so if you ask a so-called african-american who thinks he's from africa how did his folks get here his story is going to be the exact same story that alex haley gave the world the only thing is that's not his family story you gotta let that sometimes sit and marinate in your spirit when i say that because i'm not just saying it the american negro That's giving you a story that his people come from Africa and he's an he's an African descendant and all that. He got that story from television. He got that story from the school system. He did not get it from Big Mama. He didn't get that from nobody in his family. In fact, I remember sitting on the porch, just something as simple as having a conversation with my mother-in-law one time, man. And we just sitting out shooting the breeze like we always do. Then we end up talking about history. And then we end up talking about the civil rights because that's her era. And who was doing this and who was doing that. Uh, You know, who was great, who was not so great, who was loved, who was not so loved. And then we start to talk about the slave trade story. You know, even back then with my mother-in-law and many of our elders that came up in the 50s, late 40s, all the way up to the early 60s, when they were being taught. About this African slave trade story, it didn't even make sense to them. I'm not talking about somebody in so far yesteryear, just one generation, just the elders, one generation up. She can recall being taught that story, like all black folk come from Africa and the slave trade, and she remember going back home asking her mother, asking her big mama, "Hey, yo, we, we African. I just, I went to school and they told us we came off a ship and this and that." And even then, our big mom was like, no, baby, we ain't from no Africa. That's just but listen, whatever them folks just go down there, get your lesson, get your grade, whatever them folks just put in front of you, just go along with it and just get your lesson. And then when you come out of there, you know, it is what it is. But see, our grandparents and our great grandparents, they didn't know the severity of that. They didn't know they were so easy going, they just wanted you to go to school to get your lesson. They didn't know about who controls the curriculum and how it could be like something undercurrent with what they teach in the babies. They just say, Hey, just get your lesson because them folks, there was a time they, they ain't want us in these schools learning nothing. So whatever they call they self teaching you, just be humble, learn what they teach you, get your grade and go and get up out of there. Right. But even just that the elders that's present, that story never made no sense to them. How did this story that, was never talked about when i say this story black folks coming from africa this story was never talked about by our grandparents and our grandparents grandparents it didn't exist and all of a sudden it's the younger generation the babies that's running around in the 60s talking about let's get back to africa let's go this whole song and dance right This explosion did not take place about we all African and all this until Alex Haley dropped the root story. I cannot put my finger on nothing else but that. Now, here on Real Black Conscious Forum Podcast, yo, we're not saying, you know, this is not, and I gotta repeat this, this is not an aboriginal, that's not what we do here. We ain't no black aboriginals, and we ain't talking about, no, the slave trade never happened, and we're not trying to uh swagger jack the red indian nations and their tribes and push them out the way and take over what they got going on we ain't about none of that what we do on this platform is we show and prove that the american negro was here prior to the slave trade the american negro was in the americas prior to christopher columbus even finding anything on this side of the atlantic we show and prove that so you know I can make things easy on myself. If I'm just having a conversation with one of these, um, you know, Negroes in Philadelphia, Detroit, or Chicago, his family is from Missouri, St. Louis somewhere, um, Little Rock somewhere, you know what I'm saying? Somewhere, wherever he's from in the States. If you're having a conversation with one of these Afrocentric guys that believe all black folks come from Africa, you can put that to bed by just asking him or her who built the mounds. It's not really hard. You don't have to really go back and forth in a deep debate. Just like, yo, who built the mounds? And then just sit back and wait for an answer. Because he have to, w- you, once you put that, pr- that's a different kind of pressure you're putting on an Afrocentric guy. Just like, yo, who built the mounds? Because once he identified, you can't help but to see these mounds. They're all over North America. And then, you know, what I'm saying. they found Negro skulls in the mounds. Negro skulls is in the mounds. So like, how did you, that's it. You can just leave it at that. You can just, okay, you can hit him with the Russell Simmons. You know, I, I could come on this podcast. I We talk about history. We have good conversations, but yo, I could come on this podcast and just hit you with the Russell Simmons every night. You know, God bless and good night. Walk off the stage. Let it go. Who built the mounds? That can put you, that's right. I just put you in the, the figure four right there. Put you in the headlock right there. You've been suplexed right there. Then hit you with the God blessing. Good night. We can walk off the stage. Go do something else. But I want to challenge the thought. Not only do I want to say the American Negro was here prior to the slave trade, prior to Columbus. And we already and sure proved that. I want to challenge the thought that you've been taught all these years because it don't make no sense. I hear the craziest stories in our comments. You know, you can't listen. Just something very basic when it comes to the slave trade. There's no way you can forcibly remove anywhere between 12 million people all the way up to 100 million people. First of all, look how big and wide that gap is. W.E.B. Du Bois, he touted for years, 100 million Africans was involved in the slave trade. And then the guy we got non generation is Gates. And he said it's 12 million. We never say, well, what happened to the 88 million? How did they come up missing? Nobody knows. Everybody going to drop a comment. They skip that. They never talk about how they never talk about the numbers. Numbers is never a conversation. It just, it just never happens. But maybe that's a different story for a different day because we bring that point up all the time. We just want to talk about the trial about Alex Haley because, yo, he just stole the story in Roots. It's a fictional story. It's fake. But. So many African-Americans, so-called African-Americans, they believe that the story that Alex Haley gave us is their story. They looking for that ship, man. Listen, Alex Haley wasn't the only guy looking for his roots. These are these so-called African-Americans is looking for their roots and they dig it in America. They dig it, they dig it, they digging, And no matter how much they dig, all they seem to find is this. They people was always here. It doesn't even dawn on them that their people was just always here. Yo, history 101, they give us something very basic. They give us the two waves of the slave trade. I'm talking about U.S. history in the public school system. I want to say 1807. I think 1807, 1808, 1809, I think slavery became illegal. Uh, One of those years, right? Let's just say early 1800s, good measure, right? How about we do that? So, that I means and everything before the 1800s, this was a legal slave trade going on. There's a lot of paperwork, shuffling, inventory, XYZ. So, let's just say if, if if that time frame was so far ago, maybe you can't find your family on the slave trade or coming off a ship or anything. Okay. I give you that one for good measure. That's good conversation. Good measure. But we also taught that there was an illegal slave trade that happened. After the 1800s and went deep into the mid 1800s damn near all the way up to the 1900s okay so okay cool somebody should be able to find their family off that ship now because that's not that far ago that's not that long ago the average black person underneath the sound of my voice I'm this is how fast that we can get to the 1800s if we're sitting around at a family reunion grandmoms grandmama Bang, we're back in the 1800s. Now, somebody better show somebody coming off a ship. It doesn't happen. We go to the church, we go to the mines. we live in the neighborhood, we work with black folks, we hang out with black folks. Nobody got the story about how their grandmamas and grandmamas came off this. Nobody got the story. It, it doesn't even seem odd to us. So, when somebody's talking about this African story, and there you can look at him in the face, they're an American Negro, it's just clear like this guy, he, he reads the book. He just, he, oh, he picked up some book and he's just, this is where he at. This is where she at. She picked up some book. But that's no surprise because we see transformation in our expression physically and mentally by reading a book in our neighborhoods. We see it. There's Negroes running around right now. They're more Arab than the Arab. They're more, I mean, they're just, they're more Islamic than the Arab. They're more Islamic than everybody in the Middle East because they read the book. They're banging their head on the ground five times a day. They praying in the Mecca. They making a a pilgrimage because they read the book. They this is who they are. They're Muslims. Right? Then we have another sect of people in our community. They read a different book. So they don't they don't believe that they're you know they're Arabian. They don't believe that they're Islamic. They believe they're from Palestine. They believe they're from Israel. They believe they're from the Judeans. And then they give you some old cursed story and they got stuck over here in America. And it's it's wild, man. But they read it in a book. They, they now they're banging their head on the ground praying three times a day to Jerusalem. See, it's like this you can read a book and take on a whole new identity. A whole new image that your parents never gave you. See, that's the trick about black folks. And then I come on this platform and I talk about the American Negro making these decisions, doing these things. And then some people will say, well, Big VJ, you know, there's other folks that do this. There's other ethnicities that do that. There's other races that do this. And I'm like, yo, I don't give a shit. I don't care. This is real black consciousness for a podcast. Why would I care what any other group is doing? I'm talking to my people when I'm. I ain't talking to them. I don't give a, who cares what, I don't care. All I care about, sis, all I care about, bruh, is my folks. The village, the community, I don't give a shit who else got, what else they got going on. Why would I care? So, you know, these are conversations we have on this platform, man. So we're going to, again, we're going to talk about Alex Haley. Uh, I'm primarily going to talk about the trial, right? Because it's important that we talk about the trial. Because we had a place now where somebody would try to debate you that Alex Haley got sued for swagger jacking roots. Like, how simple is that? Like, yo, we, this is where we at. But this is where we at. The source I'm going to use today is called Pressbooks.com. I'm going to put up another article from uh, New York Times later, right? So I just want to go right down to the second paragraph where it talks about the federal judge. And it says, the man that would decide the case was federal judge Robert J. Ward. Corlander versus Haley would be the judge ward's first trial covered by national media. The press did its best to focus on the core issue at stake plagiarism. But some black community leaders didn't care whether or not roots had been copied. The point was made that slavery and racism had finally been acknowledged. A few went as far to suggest that the case was just another example of whites trying to hold back the black man. Corlander insisted. His suit was strictly about literary justice. Okay, so right off the bat, this is the judge's first big case, big media. Black folks is upset, so it's recorded that this is just another, another just another Jew, just another so-called devil trying to take the black man down and sue him and take his money in XYZ. Because that story was so it it highlighted racism. It highlighted our legacy. It highlighted our struggle. What struggle? The struggle that we all came from Africa on a slave ship. Now, grandma and granddad never told us this story. But nevertheless, we got the story and we're holding on to it because it's kind of like our people, unfortunately, have like a victim conscious status. You know, we take pride in being a victim. You know, um, we kind of hide it under the rug when we victimize each other. That never gets talked about. But when other people victimize us, it's like it's the biggest deal in the world. So liberals crowd our neighborhoods; they crowd us and try to. We, they get our vote because they they play along with that. They're not going to help you. You put a liberal in charge, your neighborhood is going to be worse than ever. You know, because those Democrats they just can't really help you. Everything is government program, and that just you got to meet a certain quota and this and that to even qualify. It's a whole hustle to keep you at the bottom. In fact, it's a race to the bottom when you start working with them. But maybe that's a different story for a different day. But we're going to continue. Haley, for his part, maintained that it was inevitable that his success, authors would be endured such tests as these. So he, Haley just saying they hating on us. As with the Jubilee, Haley denied having read or even been aware of the African prior to the suit against him. The plaintiff, that's Haley, he contended he's just another envious author, Trying to cash on his success, like he's talking about the Jew. He's saying the Jew just—he's trying to ride his coattail. When you get money, everybody come with these crazy lawsuits. But it is what it is. So we continue. Two Columbia University English professors, Michael Wood and Robert Hanning, had been hired to analyze Roots and The African to determine if any copying had been taking place. Their report strengthened whose case? Corlandis case. The similarities between the two books are not accidental, Hanning wrote. Without the material Haley copied from The African, Roots would have been a far different and, in my opinion, a less effective novel. I believe the materials Haley copied were crucial to the success that Roots have achieved. So now we just got some guys doing a deeper dive. Two folks from Columbia, they take a look at both the works and they say, yo. Haley stole the story. Period, and it wouldn't have even been the same talking about roots or carried the same weight if he didn't swagger jack the story. Now that's all we've been saying on this platform. The dude stole the story. It went to trial. No, no, it didn't make it to trial. Pardon me, because we're going to read a little later how, right before the verdict, he they made a settlement. But they guy, they all in court. Everybody is lawyered up. It's this is what it is now. Now these are two again English professors that did the deep dive. Now let's see what the judge had to say, right? But real quick, we're gonna we're gonna show when Alex Haley took the stand. What did he say? He gets on the stand at court, and the attorney, Corland's attorney, asks him, "When did you first hear about the African?" So Haley said, "1977." He said it with a soft voice; they couldn't even hear the dude. Hey, man, speak up. Cause you know he probably got his head down, hat in hand. He all humble. He said he spring, nineteen seventy-seven. So the second question that asked Haley was, okay, had you read the book, The African, prior to publication, The Roots? He said, no, I never heard of it. Now there's a guy that come along. His name is Herb Boyd, who had previously come to Haley's defense, found his response implausible. Like yo, know, they couldn't even believe it to have missed either Jubilee or The African in Boyd's view was almost akin to someone doing a book on a history of black church in America and knowing nothing of W.B. Du Bois, right? So this is how her boy looked at it. Now let's get down to the judge. Judge Ward also refused to believe how Hal Haley, who had spent more than a decade researching a book about Africans and African-Americans without coming across the African. The judge don't even believe him. The book had been released in the middle of Root's research and had been highly praised by those in the discipline. After hearing the defendant's explanation of his unorthodox research methodology during the trial, Ward expressed his view to the court. So now the judge says, Mr. Haley, as I see it, got hold of the book or substantial portions of it, made a lot of notes on cards and pieces of paper, Shelved them in different folders on subject matter, and then took bits and pieces and worked them and his project is what he's talking about. Plugged them into the different subjects that he was addressing in much larger book. The general consensus in the courtroom was that Haley had plagiarized roots from the African and he had lied about it under oath. All right, now let's stop. Let's have a conversation about that. Nobody believed the dude. Now, this is something that we have to be able to process as a people because we just can't listen. We got to hear and we just can't hear. We got to be able to connect the dots. The judge, who's a devil, he's sitting on the bench and he's saying there's no way that him, Alex Haley, could have been doing all this research, reading all these books about African and the African-American. The story about you come from Africa and you're not stumbling over this Jew's work. Now, you got to ask yourself this. How would the judge know that? He's just a devil. How would he know? He knows because he can look at you, bro. Even you, he can look at you, sis. They look you square in the face so you can see that you an American Negro. So in order for you to have an African story, you had to research that because you didn't get that from your family. They know that because that's the story they gave you. See, that's the story that they put in their books and then they handed it to you. So if you're repeating that story, they know you got the story from them. Because you didn't get it from your own family. Yeah, I'm going to give an example. Jews are the architect. Of the Bible. That's their book. It's a Jewish book. So if we having a conversation, myself or you or anybody with a Jew, and I always kind of give this example. If, uh, If we're talking about how the world began and I say, well, the world began with two people in a garden. Nobody knows on the planet where this garden was at, but the whole world was populated with two people. And while these two people were talking and communicate with each other, there was a snake that can talk from time to time, too. And he was kicking game and things kind of went left. Now, if I'm telling the story to a Jew, he knows how that story because he gave me the story. Now, if I went back and I began to provide this Jew with the story of how the world evolved and began from my family's point of view, my legacy, my lineage, what my family came up with. He wouldn't be able to identify that story. It wouldn't register with him. He wouldn't, you know, I can say the world started off like this or started off like that. And he'd say, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. But if I'm telling him the story that he told me, he knows what he, (laughs) is. his story. This is why the judge, right? Because I'm saying all that to say this. See, this is how this judge knew, oh, man, you must have researched that. If you're researching all these books about this slave trade, about Africans coming to the Americas, you got that out of a book that people that look like me wrote it because people that look like you. That's not your family story, bro. You didn't go back to your family and research it and say, well, this grandmama, this great grandfather told me the story how they came from. Africa. They were strong Ashanti warriors and they were strong Yoruba. No, it didn't happen. Your folks, they never heard of these people. The first time you heard about somebody that was Yoruba. a Ephi, A Ebo a high side, a Mandingo, you've seen it on a TV show or you read it in a book. Nobody in your family taught you about none of these trials. You got to let that marinate, right? Now, again, this is a brief conversation, but dig, man. You know, we had a point in America that if we can't prove it, we can't talk about it. We can call ourselves African-American. You can't prove it. And then, you know, I personally, I have like a litmus test that goes with that. Because this, I don't really have to have, at the end of it all, Alex Haley, when it comes to this situation, he gave a guy $650,000, three times the amount of his first offer. Because he offered the Jew a quarter of a million dollars at that time, which would equal probably today a meal ticket. And then the Jew didn't take it, and then of course they made a plea, they made an agreement, they made a deal, they settled out of court, and they gave this Jew Harold Korlanger six hundred and fifty thousand dollars, right? Three times the amount that was first. Now here's how the this court system work when you're down with these devils. When you settle out of court with these devils for big paper, what tends to happen is that, um. See, they put, like, gag orders, right, and restrictions about what you can talk about. So you never really know what happened in America, right? Nobody would really never know what happened in the Bill Cosby case. Because once you start putting money around things, there's gag orders with it. There was a dude down in, uh, what's that dude down in Georgia? Uh, past a pork chop down there in Atlanta. He was talking about the gays. And then he had some, uh, Eddie Long guy right it's I, I don't know how that because that kind of went it came and went so fast i don't know if he started settling out with these boys or what but that story came and then it went and then you know it, sometimes you get so much that it, you don't know what if it gets too far in the legal system and money is passing around it's a lot of gag orders that happen i, I don't i'm not sure about that one maybe that's a bad example well let me talk about robert kelly right the, um my man of the chicago right r kelly doing this thing he's currently serving time but prior to that there's other cases that came across attorney's desk that to my knowledge from what i was hearing you know um it was a lot of he was settling out of court for a lot of situations he's paying money out here paying money out there and this come with like um you can't talk about it now gag orders you took the money. It's over with. You can't even bring it up. You can't even share your story. It's over with, right? That's how this this legal system, this uh Jew, this Jew system works in America. So you never really really know the full, how much because listen, Harold was accusing Alex of, of stealing eighty one passages out of his book. He broke it down and said, man, the dude took one third of my of my project called the African that I made. And then in the settlement suit, he couldn't say that Alex Haley took 81 passages out of the book. He had to just use the term various. You know what I'm saying? You know, because that's like, I can't even tell nobody he took a third of what I put together. in the pre- I can't even tell nobody that anymore. But the elders already knew this, man. I'm not saying nothing. Uh, peace be upon him. Baba Dick Gregory, he already talked about. How Alex Haley was a hoax. Man, Alex Haley came up back in his time. He's like, Man, the dude, it, he be been a hoax. He ain't write nothing.
0: Uh, what's, what's the guy who wrote Brooks, uh, Alex Haley? And mm-hmm. you know, Alex Haley hadn't wrote none of that. You know, I was out there doing it. because <laughs> I don't care what you think of me. I know he didn't write it. But seeing the editor of Playboy magazine, Murray Fisher wrote all of that stuff, okay? Mm. And if you punch up on your computer, uh, Harry Colander, who wrote one of the best books from Africa, called The African, a mm. white boy. Kuta Kenta came out of his book word for word. Huh? Oh, wow. And if you check out the trial in upstate New York, where a fellow judge made the publisher and Alex Haley... Pay him $650,000, and then chest time. Made him apologize to him in the court, and the judge said, i worked a lot of these cases, but I never saw anybody take something word for word like you have. hmm mm-hmm. Finish and him! You know mm-hmm. And one of the things I think you should do, we don't have the time now, listen, you got your computer sitting in front of you. Yes, sir. You got it in front of you? Yes, sir. Then punch up, punch up the... The fellow courts in upstate New York punch Harry Hollander who wrote The African and, and and the case. It is right there. Okay? Mm-hmm. All that crap he was doing wasn't number lies. Huh? Mm-hmm. A number lies that somebody else wrote the truth, but he didn't write it. Huh? Mm-hmm. He didn't write it. If I know that Alex Haley didn't write Root didn't write Malcolm, okay? Mm-hmm. See, the thing you asked him, he said he hated Mount. Listen, he wasn't just working. They recruited Mount uh, Alex Haley out of naval intelligence. They recruited Mount uh, Alex Haley out of naval intelligence. They recruited Mount uh, Alex Haley out of naval intelligence. They recruited Mount uh, Alex Haley out of naval intelligence. Okay?
2: Right at least you know this generation would give him a little credit say okay well he maybe uh you know did this and that with this project and this project no <laughs> bye dick gregory that man the dude was a fraud he didn't do nothing they don't give him no credit but again we 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 would debate over this and you know the comments is the engine and fuel of this machine so we talk about it now i i just want to say this before we close out this conversation we love mother africa Man, we ain't got no problem with Mother Africa. We love Mother Africa. We love black folks all over the world. Right? Negroes all over the place, man. You know, it's what it is. But, you know, our people, you know, we can't have it both ways. We try. We can't. We at a time that we got to be able to prove what we're calling ourselves. If you say you're an African, dog, you got to be able to prove that. You got to be able to prove that you're an African. Because it's like it's a double standard. If you say you're an Indian, because, you know, we got the aboriginals, though. And the one thing I will give the aboriginals, when they say they're Indian, they live in the, live in the land of Indians. So it's a good chance that they are Indians because they live in the land. When these folks are saying they're African, well, you got to prove that. No, but they kind of do it the other way around. They try to make you prove, you, well, prove you're prove Indian. And then this guy, going, my was this, my grandma's, oh, that ain't enough. And then you say, well, damn, we'll prove that you're African. He can't. He gotta go to a he gotta go to somebody's book that a stranger wrote for him and prove it. Even when I be having conversations with some of these guys, they be like, "Man, big VJ, we are gonna debate." I'm like, "We gonna debate on what?" I'm, like, I'm trying to figure it out. Oh, we gonna debate on you know with this nigga. I'm like, "Well, how can we debate? How can I debate with you?" I'm gonna come to the table with my my family records, with my genealogy, and you are gonna show up with some books from some strangers, from some guys from Cornell, or Harvard. You don't even know these folks. And you're, you're going gonna to debate me with a stranger's book You know what I'm saying Like that doesn't even make sense This is why people' people's mind is at Hey man just go get your grandparents and bring them over and Or go get some old obituaries Because we know this is how black folk do it Get you some old obituaries And they got all the names of everybody in the family And you can just dig them back like that And we can all put them together and we'll see who's from where You want to want to do that What's your oral tradition Don't nobody want to do that they don't want to do that. They want to bring you a strangest book and debate you. Come on, man. Nobody ain't got no time for no shit like that. But, dig. I'm I'm leave you with this. 200 years ago, over 200 years ago, our people, through the American Colonization Society, they went to Liberia. Right? Um, I love Africa because I know what territory in africa belongs to me the country of liberia belongs to black americans because we paid for it we bought it that's that's our land i don't need no ghana coming up oh we got a something about right to return and no man i don't need no where would i go to ghana when liberia belongs to the black american we pay for it it's ours now, if your African brother love you so much, tell him to give you Liberia back. Because, see, when you went over there, you dominated. We love Haiti. We know Haiti was the first black republic. But I say this all the time on this platform. See, Haiti didn't have no glory decades like Liberia did. Liberia had glory decades where black Americans was bawling over there. Now, if you go Google right now and see what Liberia look like, it don't look like shit. Why? Because the Native Africans got so jealous of the black Americans, they toppled your shit. They didn't have no airports and all that stuff. You went over there and your folks built that over there. They didn't have no schools and lodges like that. Your people built that from Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, New York. They even had brothers and sisters from the Caribbean over there. Your folks built that over there in Liberia. And what did the natives do? They got so jealous of you balling. They tore your shit down. That's why Liberia ain't worth shit right now. And it looks like shit is falling over. It didn't look like that when we had it. They make little funny stories. of, Oh, man, you guys are coming over here acting westernized. But the last time I checked, right, if, just just me. If this is my land, and I'm talking about Liberia, and we paid for it, and it belonged to me, and it's my country, I can act like the fuck I want to act. Who is you to tell me how I should act in my own land? This is my shit. You don't tell these devils around here how they should be. They do what they want to do over here, but they they were pressing on you. But you over here in America, this is how this is how crazy our people have become, right? Watch this. You over here in America calling yourself African American. Your people, Black Americans. Uh, went to Liberia 200 years ago and they are called Americos. The natives didn't even call them African. They call them Americos because they was from America. 200 years later, they're still calling our people Americos. So, how does that work? If you're living in America, you call yourself African. But when you go to Africa, they call you Americo. So, which one? Like, are you confused? They're not confused. When you, when you came and set up your. Because, man, I'm going to tell you something, man. Black Americans, if we going you know, in my estimate, if we wanted to really fight for anything, we have to fight for Liberia Because we could have turned that into a black American state like the Jews turned Israel to their own state. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's their... And I'm using state as far as, I'm not using state in the sense of this is a country that, no, their state, their territory, their, their spot where they take their elders, the spot that when they make they make that paper in America, they send it back to the Israeli state. We could, we could have made that big paper right here in the, in the Americas and sent our money to the Liberian state where we send our elders when they retire where well, the weather is nice all the way around where well, it's all this beachfront property and, but it's ours But that native and want you to have it every black American should know who Sam Udo is when anytime I start hearing these cats talk this this, this Mobutu shit the first thing that come to my mind is Sam Udo I'm like oh, okay just, just like when you start talking when, when you start talking about Jews in Germany the first thing that come to your mind is Adolf Hitler right you know what I'm saying you a black American. When they start talking this African shit, the first thing that should come in your mind is Sam Doe. Everybody should know who Samuel Doe is. He looked like you. He had the same paint job as you, but he wasn't you. So Big Mama come back later and she tell us because they learned that lesson. They say, "Listen, baby, all these skin folks ain't kin folks now. See, we get we got we get trapped up in the paint job game. Right now, today." Black Americans have been over there for over 200 years. If you took a group photo, right, if you just took all the Americo Liberians and you just put them up next to the native Africans, I can point out right now who is who. 200 years later, no, nah, this is this is my people, this is my people, not him, not him. This is my people, this is my people. It, it was, they got a, it got a brother on uh, YouTube. He got a cool channel. His name is uh, uh, the Dynasty is his name, right? No matter where he go all over in Africa, and he be taking these group pictures and all that with other black Americans, I can point out who the black are. You can take a picture, a group photo. You can go over to Africa right now. It could be 20 black Americans, and then it can be 50 or 60 Native Africans all mixed in in the same picture. I can sit back on an 80% ratio, and I can point out which one is a black American. Okay, she is, she is, she is, she is, he is, he is, he is. He's not, he's not, he's not. he's. I could just point them out. You can just look and see your own people. all skin folks ain't skin folks. Alex Haley swaggerjacked that story, man. Come on, we can't be debating about that. We can talk about a lot of things in the comments, man. We can't debate about that. That's Come on, everybody knows this. Let's talk about something else. But if you want to talk about being African, let's start with talking about getting Liberia back and then we'll take it from there. Capiche? Peace and black power to your family. Thank you guys so much for listening, man. Thank you guys for hanging out. Real Black Conscious Forum Podcast, man. This big VJ, man. I get it with you guys later. Peace.